Welcome to The Iceman, a podcast presented by Tuned Up Custom Rods. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining us this week. We are welcomed this week with our special guest, Jason Rylander from North Country Guide Services. Welcome, Jason. Thanks for being here tonight. Oh, thank you guys for uh, having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, and I, we, we kind of kept you up a little bit late. You were saying this is a this is a late night for you, but we appreciate yeah, you. After- it's after nine. After nine. <laughs> this is, uh, I'm just waking up from a nap at this point. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is when I finally fully kind of come into stride. I'm actually functioning for the day. Yeah, late evening. That's my, that's my glory. Well, I'm getting old. I've got just a few days left in my 30s. And boy, the bedtime gets earlier and earlier every year. Yeah, I can, I, I'm, I'm with you. I turned 40 in June, so I'm, I'm with you. It Jeez. is. It's a weird time. I, I feel like a youngin compared to you guys. Well, you're not that yeah. young, John. No, I don't. You're not that young. <laughs> Five years is, is a long time. I guess 35. I mean, you can officially run for president now, can't you? Yeah, this year. Yeah. I yeah. could run for, I, I don't want to run for president no, for what's going on. Definitely don't do that. I feel like I could do a halfway decent job of screwing up the country. You, I don't think you'd be allowed in the office. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Because I would, yeah, I'd come in in camouflage shorts and a, a cutoff t-shirt and... Yeah, maybe a camouflage hat and flip flops. Yeah, you would you, you would uh, you would raise some eyebrows. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to invest in a few more suits. I think. Yes. Well, I have a bathing suit, a birthday suit. Yeah, n- not those suits, right? right. <laughs> the, yeah, the real suits. T- different kind of suit, John. <laughs> oh God, I I could just feel that first Congress meeting when you walk in and a pair of waiters. What were you doing <laughs> <laughs> while I stocked the Lincoln Memorial Pond with, with some trout? <laughs> <laughs> Have you been to DC before? No, I've never. Oh, no. the the pool, the reflecting pools are the grossest water you've ever seen. Yeah, I would. I, disgusting. I would be putting carp in there. Yeah, there. Yeah, you just, carp and bullheads would be about all you could get out of those things. They are gross. Well, Jason, thank you for being here tonight. So you are with um, with um, I just said North it. Country. North Guide. Country. I said it. I can't remember it. North Country Guide Service. That's that old age set, right? I, I guess <laughs> maybe I am too. Maybe I should be going to bed earlier. And then <laughs> yep, you, I'm. Yep. Go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no worries. I am with North Country Guide Service. I've been helping Matt out. I think him met him and I met out on the ice actually eel pout fishing. Back in the mid 2000s, 2004, 2005, I don't think I had any kids. And uh, he needed I, some. He I need, don't he think I had and, any kids. Boy, that's, you got to be careful about this one. Your wife <laughs> listens to this. She's going to yeah. be elbowing you. And well, if, you're, if your wife, you know, I mean, I know you haven't shaved since like 2017. So yeah, we just had yeah. a, we just had a picture of you on the tuned up Instagram page. And that beard is pretty epic. Yeah, the beard has gotten. Uh, well, the COVID's allowed me. I haven't had to have any face-to-face meetings for my real job, and uh, why not just stop shaving? What is your real job? I'm a uh, regional sales manager for a rice and grain company. I sell I sell food to restaurants. So unfortunately, uh, it's been a tough year, but we battled through. I was able to find some different avenues to sell product and and stay busy. Well, hopefully, and that, now, uh, hopefully it picks up now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I. I think everybody's uh, ready to get the heck out of their house and have somebody else make them food. Yeah, for I sure. sure am. I mean, our big event now, we go to McDonald's, go through the drive-thru and eat it in the parking lot just to kind of make it feel like you're kind of <laughs> normal. It's like kids, like, this is not, this is not right. Right, right. 
So where is the Up North Guide Service located? Or North Country? Gosh, North I, Country. I keep saying it wrong. I got to put myself in a mental block now. Where are you guys located? <laughs> We're based out of Bemidji, Minnesota. Uh, actually, uh, Matt used to live in town when we first met and when I was started with him. And uh, he moved. He lives, uh, he's damn near a neighbor. He just lives oh, two, three miles down the road from me now, north of Bemidji. I love that Bemidji area. We were just up there, Tom, my brother and I, producer Tom, we were just in Red Lake this uh, last weekend driving through Bemidji. It's, just, it's yeah. an awesome spot. Uh, if you like to fish, it's not a bad spot to live. No, not at all. <laughs> no, you guys have, what, 75 lakes that are real oh. top producers, and then you probably have 300 lakes that are around there that no one knows about? Oh. That's the thing. There's it's, all those little lakes. It's endless. When I, If I want to go fishing, it's what do I want to fish for? Okay, now which, which lake do I want to go try? Yeah, which lure do I want to try to target walleyes with today? <laughs> exactly. And when you got, you know, I, you look at it, I can be on Winnie, I can be on Leech, I can be on Red Lake all within an hour. I could be on Lake of the Woods in an hour and a half, two hours, Rainy River in an hour and a half, Rainy Lake in an hour and a half. Um, it doesn't, uh, you don't have to drive far to go hit, you know, some of the meccas of Minnesota. I, I would say Mecca's of the world, though. I mean, you look at yeah, that. walleye, for sure. Top. Right. I mean, they're probably in the top 20 lakes, at least one yeah. or two of them every year, the top 20 lakes in the world. I mean, I'm sure yeah, that I'm, you, you guys, the locals up there, just kind of probably grin at the lines of wheelhouses heading to Red Lake, knowing how many lakes are passing that, that are definitely better probably at times. I went fishing up on Black Duck Lake um, the Sunday after New Year's. And so I drove from Turtle River to Black Duck, which is 14 miles, 15 miles, let's say. And we started meeting fish. I mean, immediately I was meeting fish houses. So my buddy and I started counting them. In that 15-minute 15, 15 drive, 15 miles, I counted 119 houses. Yeah, I don't doubt it. <laughs> That's like almost a solid line. That's There's probably no, oh, was, literally no breaks. It was pretty steady. It was pretty steady. I mean, and you're looking at just one little time span there. I mean, I can't imagine if you just sat on the road and, and counted them driving by that, that afternoon. I, I heard that the lake was as busy as it's ever been up, that, up there. That, that uh, after Christmas, New Year's is always the busiest time for, you know, Lake of the Woods traffic and Red Lake. Uh, but I talked to several of the outfitters, some buddies of mine. And they said, <laughs> they're scrambling just to find fresh ice to throw their, their you know, their rentals on. It was just, yeah. just nuts, just nuts. And, the, and it sounded like, you know, some people caught fish, some people only caught a handful, some people did well. But it's an amazing fishery, kicking out fish. Good place to go to go to spend some time on the ice with family and friends and, you know, and catch a few fish while you're doing it. I'm sure that when we were there this weekend, there were more people on the lake than there were in the county around it. <laughs> I, yeah, I do, 100%. Yeah, like, it was 100%. Nuts. It probably triples the population in every weekend. It was insane. It was insane. I mean, we, we, had, we went out of JR's, and it was a full hour drive to get to our spot. And it just was endless house after house, just the entire trip. And yep. I mean, I obviously was up there doing it too, so I can't I can't fault anyone. But it's just incredible how many people were out there. 
Yeah, I mean, I did that. Uh, I went up there early ice when they were when we walked out. Uh, my brother and some buddies from my from my hometown came up, and I hooked up with them. And I've never in my life seen that many portable fish houses. It was absolutely insane. It was the only ice in town. I mean, it was the only place to go. No. Absolutely, and the bite was good. I mean, I I fished just fished with them that Saturday, uh, Friday. They had caught thirty fish. Left the lake at one o'clock in the afternoon. Went back and cleaned and had cocktails and ate fish. And we fished from eight o'clock till twelve thirty, and the four of us caught twenty-five walleyes. That's not a bad morning. No, that's at all. that's really good. I was up there in mid-December, and we had a thirty-five fish day, and we fished for about seven hours. And this weekend we had a five fish weekend. So <laughs> it changes. Well, that's, that's all. Yeah. That bite changes and changes really fast. Well, we did a little bit better than that in our, in my house, but you had six fish weekend. Well, and you mm, stayed an extra day. Well, the extra day equaled one extra fish. So the one, <laughs> one day was one fish, but I, I probably had six decent keepers myself and probably another four or five in our house. And according to our guide up there, he said that our house was by far the top producer out of all of 11 of the houses that he guides. No, well, do you and guys, we were right next to each other. Isn't that I know. Weird? Do you guys think it's because of truck traffic? Because I went out this weekend, and as soon as trucks started driving on the ice, we never caught another walleye. Now, I was not at Red, but I was on a smaller lake, and that noise from the truck driving by, moving the ice around, was pretty pretty loud. I'm sure yeah, that I, it doesn't help. Yeah, it's got to affect him somewhat. I mean, they're hearing that noise. They, they have but, to be. I and mean, in a lake that shallow? I was going to say, because that water's real. I mean, you're fishing pretty shallow. We were fishing like 26 feet this weekend, so we were fishing pretty deep. But it's, you know, I mean, it's got to affect it. We were as far out as I've ever been on that lake. We the road We, that we the, were a mile from the North Shore. And we left yep. through JR's. Yeah. And the, yep. the north-south road, if I, w- I had my, my lake master out, and it passed through the, the Indian Territory, the, the main road, which I thought was very Ooh. unusual. Um, I suppose. Yeah, no, we that's kind of crazy. We were as far out as, as I've ever been, and <laughs> it was packed. Yeah. You, I have never been on Winnie, though. You said that that's a place that you like to go to? Uh, no, I need to start going to Winnie. Um, I've been hearing some good reports from their walleyes and perch and the things. It's just, it's one of those deals where it's, I've got to drive by Cass and numerous other lakes to get over to Winnie. And it's that, oh man, you know, heaven forbid I drive at that hour trip. It's that fear of missing out, <laughs> right? What you, what well, you and could get. And it's a lake I haven't spent it much time on at all. And it's a, it's a big body of water. It's intimidating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is it's something I need to spend more time, one, on the ice out there, playing around, and two, out there in a boat, learning the waters a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, getting out there when it's open water definitely helps. But I feel like it's a, it's one you don't hear much from. No, you know, you always hear, it's always kind of quiet. Right. You're, you always hear leech stuff. You always hear cast stuff. You always hear malax stuff. But Winnie's a destination. I mean, it's 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 a busy body of water. People seem to catch fish there. I know I got a few buddies here in Bemidji that go over there from time to time. They're not going over there to catch eaters, though. It's There's a high population of there's low to mid-20-inch walleyes in there, so it's just really fun fishing. 
That, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it's it's a place I've never been. I've driven past it. Do they have an interesting slot on Winnie? I don't. I don't know. I don't travel up that way. There is a slot, and if I did go over there, I would have to uh, look that up. But I don't know what it is off the top of my head. But I know there is a slot on it if it's eighteen to twenty-four. Have to go back something. But I, I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, I was just. I find it fascinating. All these great bodies of water to fish all have a slot. All have special regulations. It's like I think. Our state still has pretty liberal fishing limits and stuff that I think we could do a little better on. But there's talk of changing. Well, I know there's yeah, a I'm lot sure. of talk right now. That's that's all over the the Facebook and the interwebs right now. Is that is that discussion? You know, their DNR is talking about lowering that limit to four, and there's there's guys for it, there's guys against it. To me personally, I'm for it. Um, I have a family of four realistically we go fishing the, the, so if the limit's down to four that's what 16 fish that's a lot and of food we, that's a lot of food i mean we that's, can. that's the same as for my family it's that's, that's a lot of walleyes or i mean right. right now i think what the crappie limits 10 i mean 40 fish we don't need that no. much nobody needs no. that much i may uh i don't i don't have fish in the freezer very very seldom the only time i have fish in the freezer is i'll save some Every now and again to bring down to my ma. She loves to eat fish. So I'll save some from time to time if I know we're going to be seeing her in the near future. But for personal use, I never have fish in the freezer. If if the wife and kids want to eat fish, guess what? I get to go fishing. <laughs> there you go. And it isn't it isn't about keeping a limit. Uh, we had fish the other day. Um, kids were saying they wanted to eat some fish. So I went out and I, ca- I went uh, pan fishing. And I kept four bluegills and three crappies, and we had our fill. I mean, I, with those seven fish, we still had – I had fried fish for breakfast. I had leftovers that I <laughs> – so I had cold fish for the next morning. I mean – Well, no, well, that's a Bemidji crappie. You know I mean? Me- Metro crappies are different there. You, you, yeah, you might need a few more. These you, were – You legit these are those them. Pr- Yeah, these were the perfect eating size about – my my favorite crappie to eat is those 11, 12 inches. Yep. It's yep. right before they get kind of, I mean, actually, real big crappies are harder to clean than people understand. Um, well, it, and it, I don't think they taste as good. No, no, they, yep. not at all. I they mean, big walleyes mushy, don't right? taste, yeah. They're kind of mushy and their their meat, I don't know, for me, their meat is a little bit grayer. Like, it's just right. older. And I'm sure it is. Right. It literally my, is. My favorite fish to eat, bar none, Hundred percent is an eight and a half inch bluegill. Really? Yep. Yeah. Far, I, yep. I, I will Try have that. to agree because they are like sweet. Um, they're I don't know. They're delicious. Fry that baby up with a good light breading and potato chips. Just munch them. Especially coming out of the ice, and when that water's cold, that meat is super firm, and they are delicious. Yeah. Absolutely. That's that's one of my favorite meals. Is those. Eight and a half inch bluegill. I'm letting go of the bigger ones because that's what makes me keep being able to catch those eight and a halves. I, you know, I, I don't eat fish, so this is interesting to hear that. I would never have thought that that would be the, the prime one, but you both agree. That's interesting. Tom, when we were little, we'd go over to our aunt and uncles and we'd have those fish fries. That was, that was always uh, bluegill, wasn't it? it was, yeah, it was almost, it was almost all some fish and bluegill. Yep. Yeah, it was. 
a few crappie mixed in there. We had, yeah, we had a big fish fries with them. Oh yeah, they have a place on Rabbit Rabbit Lake, Lake in Crosby. Up close oh, to you. that's. I mean, that's We're a very kind of close. There, I drive past that all the time. It's a very good bluegill lake. Yeah, <laughs> and there's also giant pike in it too. Yeah, giant pike. That's a cool lake. Yeah, cool lake. There's probably 40 ice houses on that lake this weekend. I'm sure. So, I mean, I, I'm Jason, I'm sure you you noticed that all the launches are busy. Everybody's packed. I mean, it's like this. The COVID. The COVID. COVID has been good for the fishing industry. Absolutely. I mean, you just you spend a little bit of time on on Facebook and and some of those ice fishing forums or ice fishing pages. Um, Boy, do you sure see a lot of people like, hey, just got into ice fishing. I've quickly realized I need a flasher or what's the best house or what's the best rod or what's the best this? What do I need for this or what am I looking for here? You got there's a whole bunch of people that are out fishing now that that haven't in the past. And, I, you know, you've got you don't have kids. You don't have a, a lot of these parents don't have hockey tournaments every weekend now. They don't have school activities so they've got time and they're taking their kids outside and it's it's awesome it's awesome to see i i, I think that is one of the i guess the biggest highlights of i mean covid's got 100 bad things right but mm-hmm. the one positive thing is fishing has kind of come through this as something to do with your family and kids even i got my I, my wife on the ice two weekends ago which that's it, big it, my wife is if you know my wife she is deathly afraid of ice fishing and like being on the ice. She's just, she's, I think she's witnessed me fall through trying to get on late ice being stupid. Mm -hmm. And I I think her mental, she's like, this is so scary. And it's like, it, it, you have to have healthy respect for it. And I think a lot of us fishermen are really willing to take some time and help people who haven't been on ice for a while or if ever, Mm -hmm. and just bring them out and kind of, share that experience i mean i my son got his first pike on a tip up all by himself this uh or a couple weekends ago and it was a great fish too just to see his face and how excited he was it was like a four and a half five pound pike i mean it was a very respectable fish especially for your first one but to watch his eyes light up when he set the hook on a you know hand-to-hand kind of fish and he i mean he talks about that he wrote five stories in his journal at school about it. I'm like, thank God. I mean, he's got something to write about. It's not about his tablet. It's not about his Nintendo switch or whatever that crap is. You know, it was actually something tangible and it was an experience and it was, it was super refreshing to, to kind of witness him almost like there is another like light at the end of the tunnel about this whole COVID situation. Absolutely. And I'm, and you know, I've heard a handful of guys like, oh, it's just, it's just too busy on all these lakes. It's too busy. There's too many people out fishing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I'm never going to complain about seeing people out fishing. I mean, to me, it's obviously it's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> if I have free time, I'm going fishing. My house is a mess. My yard is a disaster area because I'd rather go sit in my boat for a couple hours. I can mow the grass some other day one day when it's windy or, or whatever, you know, that's, I, I probably fish too much t- to a fault. I mean, I'm going fishing every chance I get and I'm never going to complain about people out fishing because I can't blame them. It's fun. 
Oh, it's, I mean, <laughs> it's something about just, I don't know. And half the time, I mean, it, it, I don't know if you're like me, Jason, but I don't really care if I'm catching fish as much as I used to. I just would oh. rather be out sitting in a boat. I don't even like, I've done more slip bobber fishing in the last two years than I, and I know I'm sure kids have a huge impact on that because you just, you, you can't, you can't always be a hundred percent on fishing with kids. You sometimes have to take the easy high road and then just enjoy it. Um, yeah. And I, you know, we joked about being old when we started, but yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love catching fish, but even, you know, I've had more time in the last year to get out, but you look a year, a year ago when pre COVID, you know, I've got a, I've got a regular job and I don't have the time. Like I used to, the kids are busy. We're doing this and we're doing that. So it's a lot of times like, even tonight, I went fishing this evening, just caught that sunset bite with uh, this old hermit, hippie buddy of mine. He's 72 years old. Him and I, go, we hang out and go fishing, and we tried a new spot tonight. He goes, well, I don't know if we're going to catch fish. And I said, I don't care. It's 30-some degrees outside. I'm out of the house. I had a nice, productive day at work, and it's just nice to be out here. And we fished. I think I caught seven bluegills. I let them all go. Two of them were really nice. I didn't even take any pictures. I just enjoyed a beautiful evening out on the outside. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I'm jealous that you got so many good access to so many lakes. I think the Metro could be good too, but I think you're going to have to some really hard limits on stuff. I yeah, just, right. I mean, you talk about pressure up there, our pressure down here. There's, you know, there's 50, 60 people in a spot it's like it's it's pretty incredible mm-hmm. but it's yes. also a positive thing too because i mean there's a lot of people just getting out for the first time in their lives it kind of makes you think of how good some of the metro lakes are that they can be pressured the way they are and still produce yeah and still like look at waconia right yeah. that lake gets absolutely pounded all the time and i swear i would say at least every year a giant crappie comes out of there or think of think of how oh. good the bass fishing is on minnetonka yeah. How much it gets just hammered, and you can still go out there and catch fish. Those fish are educated by by the end of the year too. They've seen every single lure that anyone's ever dreamed about throwing. Right, but if you do go to some of those lakes and you're successful, you also have a little bit better sense of like you feel like you accomplished something, you did something, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, that's a lot of my fishing is. Sure, I could go out like I did tonight and just go to quote unquote the spot and probably just do some catching. Or do we do what we did tonight? Let's just go try this spot. It looks like it should be good. Uh, my old buddy was like, well, I caught fish back there in 1983. You know, whatever. So, it's, you know, why wouldn't it be good now? You, you go try a different spot. You're successful. You feel like you, ah, I did something smart today. I made yeah. a smart fishing move. You, there's a sense of accomplishment to it. That's awesome. Well, I think what we're going to do quick is we're going to take a quick commercial break here from our sponsors. And then when we come back, I want to talk to you about how you were able to, you know, transition from loving to fish to, to being able to be a professional fishing guide and, and what that might look like. Cause I know there's a lot of people out there who really kind of aspire to do that. So stick with us. We'll be right back after our word from our sponsors here.
Hey everybody, this is Dan from the Iceman coming to you to talk about our sponsor, Tuned Up Custom Rods. If you're in the market for a custom ice rod or a custom open water rod, make sure you check us out. We're adding new in-stock rods daily. Go over to tunedupcustomrods.com and make sure to use our promo code ICEMAN, that's one word, ICEMAN, at checkout to save 10%. And the ice is getting a little thicker, guys, so we're going to be getting into those bug bites, so you got to check out Freedom Baits and their awesome plastics. Type in the code ACPF10 for 10% off in your next order. Everybody, welcome back from that commercial break. Thank you for sticking with us and listening to our sponsors. Jason, welcome back. Thank you for being here again tonight. We really appreciate it. So, Dan, I have something funny to tell you because this is the, I guess, the perfect moment in my fishing life. Okay. Sunday morning, it is it is like 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I've been trying to jig up this one walleye for 20 minutes. It's just being super finicky. I'm like, God, I, I or at least I assumed it was a walleye because it was being just a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to our podcast, listening to the last one. And then our commercial break came on and played Ted Nugent, and that fish smoked that slab rack. <laughs> You're like, and yes. I, was like, I set the hook. I was like, hell yeah. You put a stranglehold on it. Please him. don't sue us, Ted. Yeah, I know. I, I said, and my brother goes, why are you listening to Ted Nugent? I said, I wasn't. It just happened to be on. I said, the fish must have heard it, or, you know, it was just a. I must have got all excited about the, the so, I just laughed. So I got to admit to you, I had never listened to Stranglehold, and I listened to it finally, like the whole thing. That song is long and crazy. Like it's, a guitar solo at the end? Yeah. Freaking it, insane. That's my, my wife goes, why do you listen to that song? I'm like, because I'm halfway up north by the time it's over. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I love the intro riff. It's so it's really great it, riff. It is. I mean, Ted You get deep into that. I mean, that solo lasted like three minutes long. Yeah, he it's freaking was sweet. one of the best rockers ever Motor in my Motor City life. Madman. If you guys are listening on Spotify, we could probably just put the entire eight-minute uh, track in here at the end of this episode if you guys want to check it out. I know that Spotify has that option. So, well, producer Tom, make something happen. We'll, we'll give it a try here. Yeah, check out that uh, <laughs> check out the thing. It's only for Spotify listeners, though. Okay, perfect, perfect. All right, Jason. Well, so we had teased before we went to break and uh, about the idea of how how does a person go from being uh, an avid fisherman like so many of us are to figuring out a way to to turn it into a job and turn it into, um, you know, a career of sorts as, as a guide. How did you go about that? Well, like I said, I met, I met Matt out burbot fishing of all things. And, uh, you know, we hit it off and he needed help with a couple of trips. And at that point I had a 16 foot Lund with a 40 horse Evinrude. It was a, my first boat, older boat, but you know what, it doesn't, if you know how to fish and you can put fish in the boat, it doesn't matter what kind of boat you're in. So I did a couple of trips for him and it just worked out. Clients were happy. He got good feedback and I was able to continue to, to guide for him when he needed, when he needed help, if he couldn't guide or if he had multiple trips that got booked or whatever. And over the couple, after the handful of years I've been guiding for him, you know, I've got people that come up every summer and they want me to take them. I'm, I'm, I'm their guide. Um, I think the biggest thing is, you know, I just do this part-time when I can. I got, I probably got into it too late to try to make it a career. The first thing you got to have, I think if you're going to make it a career is balls. (laughs) And, And by what I mean, you have to have the guts to go do it because it is, 
it's it's you you're on your own um you know you got you got to have the time the energy the knowledge and and really the right personality too personality is i think a giant thing as much as catching fish because let's face it the fish don't bite every day um so you have to make sure those people are having a good time even if the fish aren't biting if you don't have the the right attitude and the right personality a tough fishing trip can be even worse if you're if you're pissed off and frustrated and yelling at them because they're doing the wrong thing or something like that that's no they're they, most of these people are on vacation they're up for having a good time they don't get to fish as much as as i do or as as the guides do so this is a it's their experience and you've got to make make that experience for them the best the best thing that you can do yeah and i suppose you know you're in a boat with a, a bunch of strangers for eight ten hours a day it yeah. could it could be a really long day if you can't if you don't have the ability to connect with them. Right. Right. And that's, that's, a, that's a huge thing to make that day memorable and, and fun for them. And, you know, I've been, I've blessed like last summer, you know, with, with my job, the way it was, I had some more free time. I was home in the, every evening, home most weekends. There was not a lot of going on and the phone kept ringing. So we did, we did a lot of guide trips and I took a ton of families and those are my favorite trips. I love it the dad and his two boys or the dad and the son and daughter, whatever those, the kids in the boat. Cause I automatic first thing I do is I'm on the kids team. We're going to catch them fish. We're going to catch more and bigger fish than dad. <laughs> the kids, the kids love it. They have a smile on their face. And if those kids have a good time, the dad or the mom or the mom and dads or grandpa or whatever. If the kids are happy and they're having fun, mom and dad are happy. Yeah. Oh yeah, as a, as a parent, I mean, if my kid, if my kid's got a smile on his face from catching a fish, then that smile is twice as big on my face. It's not Absolutely. about me catching fish at all anymore. And I Absolutely. did. I never knew what that meant until I went out fishing with my kid. I could care less if I catch anything, but I literally want to give my kid the best success he can get on the water. Right. That's a that's a big memory for them to and. If those if fishing's tough and those kids catch anything, you know, if it's a three pound bass, that's the greatest fish that I've seen in the boat in the last week and a half. You know, you make you make a giant big deal. You're like, this is awesome. Look at this fish. Oh, it's 18 inches long. Oh, let's get let's get pictures. Let's get dad in there. You know, you you get excited and, and they get excited because they're like, oh man, yeah, look at this fish. It's awesome. You know, that's a that's what really makes it makes it for me and, and really why I why I do I don't I'm not guiding part-time to make money <laughs> I mean it's uh yeah I get paid and it helps helps with boat payments but you know after you pay for gas and bait and equipment and stuff I mean for me those the trips I do a year I mean it's not it's not a giant money making money making deal I do it because I really I truly enjoy it I love getting people out fishing and I love, like I told you, I love the family trips. I, I, I very, very rarely have, I'm guiding fishermen. Very, very rare thing. Uh, now, so it's, it's, it's just fun. I got to ask, do you roll around with eel pout with the family? I mean, you catch one of them. Because <laughs> Jason, I mean, from our, our, neck of the woods down here in Minnesota, I mean, the Minneapolis Twin Cities area, you're, you're kind of a legend with the Eel Pout Festival. 
Um, laying in that tub of bourbon. Yeah, and I didn't even I didn't even do that at the festival, and I was even sober when I did it. Everybody, everybody always asks, and they laugh. They're like, "How many, how many beers were you in when you took that picture?" And I said, "To be honest with you, I hadn't drank anything that night. It wasn't at the Yopal Festival. It was just a group of buddies that had came up. I was one of the drivers for us, so we could get home or to the cabin. I think where we were staying. And I and I like I tell people, I said, if I had had drinks prior to taking that picture." Nobody'd ever get to see it because I'd have been naked. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Pull that picture up, John. Oh, Do you have it? I, can I, you get to it? I'm sure I can get we, to it. Uh, I, we might have to put that on the on the show's Facebook page. How would you feel about that, Jason? That it's been on the internet before. <laughs> I, I think it's one of the most famous, like uh, Bemidji Ely picture, like that whole region from like. Duluth all the way across to like Montana. Everyone just remembers that picture. Yeah. I, I have caught a handful of eel pout and I don't love those fish. So for, for you to have hopped in the tub with them, that is, that's gross. Well, that grosses me out. They don't have any spines and uh, nothing to poke you with. So it's, it's pretty safe. Uh, the, the biggest thing everybody's like, Oh, wasn't it slimy? Wasn't it gross? And I said, no, honestly, it was really cold. I'm sure. Well, if you look at the picture closely, look at the part of my body that's submerged in water the most. It's a it's kind of the most sensitive area. <laughs> a part that you don't really want underwater. <laughs> not not in thirty two degree water or whatever whatever ice water is. John's still getting it pulled up here. I, oh, geez, I you, have seen it before. Yeah, you got so much stuff on your Facebook wall. Oh yeah. Yeah, eel pout are they're a, a really weird looking fish. I mean, they're they're really neat looking, but they just kind of look a little bit like an underwater monster. They're yeah. they're a little slimy. They have you know the cartilage action, so they can wrap around your arm and they come up the hole backwards. And is it is it true that they really actually taste like lobster? I've never actually eaten eel pout before, but I heard that they're freshwater lobster. Basically, I would say. The taste wise is is probably um, in lobster. I'd rather eat lobster. Okay, I'm not. Thanks for being honest. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and lie to you. Uh, the biggest thing is the texture. So for, for so bourbon are uh, cod. They're the only freshwater member of the cod family, and obviously cod is a very popular fish to eat. Um, but they have a they have more of a seafood light texture to them. So they like a little, you know, they, little bit, they, a little bit rubberier and less flakier yep. maybe. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So that's like most of the time when I cook them, I'm just boiling them in seven up or some sort of soda or salt, sugar, water type of thing. And then it's dip it in melted butter and I mean, you can dip any. You're speaking what, my language oh, right now. Well, yeah. Melted butter. Yeah. That's good grief. <laughs> But uh, actually, I've only done it a couple times because I just haven't, I haven't taken the time to do it again. Um, I had cleaned some, and I had a, I had a bigger fish, so I had some. The back strap was really nice, and I cut that up, and I par cooked some bacon, cut it in half, and I wrapped the burbot chunks in bacon, skewered them, and I threw them on the grill, hit them with a little bit of smoke, grilled them, and then. As soon as that meat was done, I it's obviously there's a fine line there. You don't want to overcook it, and they get really, really rubbery, just just like lobster does. But oh my gosh, was that probably my favorite? 
that was so good. That's an interesting way to cook. I never even heard, never even would have thought about that. But if it is more like a right, lot, it holds the meat holds together. Like yeah, you could I've, do I've that done, with a wallet or a walleye. I've, I've <laughs> done it with walleye. You, you just need a bigger fish, and you have to skewer it. You know the right way so that it doesn't flake off the skewer. Well, I want to drive up to your bathtub and grab one and give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> he just saw the picture. I, yeah. You know, and it's funny because there was actually quite a few places that would printed that picture and made a cutout of you. And like, so it wasn't your face and you could like stand yeah. behind the foam board and, and take a picture. And it's like, that was uh, a Coors, a Coors light salesman uh, reached out to me on Facebook and asked if he could use the picture there. They had a contest with a bunch of the salesmen for uh, liquor store displays uh, for in and around the Yopal Festival. So the guy reached out to me, and I, of, cor- of course, I said, you absolutely can use it to make a cardboard cut. I just want the cutout when you're done. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, no problem. And he won. He actually won the, the display contest, so he was pumped. We, we both won out on that deal. And actually, that cardboard cutout is... Uh, at a local bar here down the road from my place that I I still bartend at from time to time. Wait, what do you do? You just a uh, jack of all trades up there in Bemidji, or is it just uh, that's kind of that small town community? You got to do a little bit small of everything. T- yeah, kind of that small town. I mean, when I was helping her out, I wasn't wasn't a millionaire by any means. Just kind of needed some extra change, and I I bartended since college, so it was this little hole in the wall bar is pretty easy if somebody asks for a weird shot i'm just like no here's a whiskey seven and uh <laughs> i only have three things jack and jim and, and makers. this is what i know to make you either drink it or yeah, go on um but no a friend of mine owned it uh, sadly she actually passed away this fall we lost her uh, but um she owned it i kind of hung out there she needed some help and i started working for her and i i never really had uh steady job there i was always just the uh fill-in she always she always hired female bartenders and if the girls needed a night off or somebody was sick or something happened i would uh i was kind of the fill-in guy especially you know i'm being a mile away easy for me just to buzz down there and close the bar for the night or whatever that's awesome i mean that a lot of small businesses are really relying on those those filler people right now to to help out and, and kind of pitch in a little bit more than they're they're used to and stuff like that. Right. So what would you say you preferred if you had a choice, do you prefer to fish open water or do you prefer to fish ice? Yes. <laughs> That's fair. I, I walked into that one. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh I love them both. Um am I I'm getting a little less ambitious with age for the ice fishing. You know, it's if it's zero degrees and not pleasant, yeah, it's it's harder for me to get motivated to go out there. I mean, an evening like tonight. I mean, I I think I signed off my computer at four thirty and buzzed out to the lake and had a hole drilled by four forty five and fished till six. When it's thirty degrees, that's really easy to do. Um, and in the and in the summer, you know pretty easy to jump in your boat with your t-shirt on grab some night crawlers from the fridge and and go out for a couple hours but uh i i honestly don't have a preference i just like going fishing just summertime is way way more comfortable and a little easier 
but uh i totally know what you're saying i feel i feel very similar i think i bring less gear when i'm summer fishing even with a boat i just ice fishing it feels like i gotta bring everything extra gloves and extra pants and i mean your boat literally barely floats with all the stuff you put in it maybe sounds like your truck sounds like your truck barely stays above ice and you got cold hands and you wet your pants. Yep. I, I mean, that's, that uh, was a story I just heard. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I don't, I mean, just every, everything for me no, I, with ice breaks. Like I just, you know, it's like, no, I got to bring two augers. I got to bring this. Cause wherever I'm going, I, it's not like I'm going to, it's an adventure. Right. Right. Yeah. You're going on trips. You're going on the, you're doing the thing. And that's, that's one thing too, as I've gotten older and a little more financially stable. Well, shoot, now I got the toys. I mean, my biggest, biggest and saddest thing about fishing in the world right now is I can't go to my favorite place in the world to go fishing, and that's Canada. I've made, I've made several good friends up there, and you know, I I got, I'm known as the burbot guy, but that's now my second favorite fish to catch through the ice. My number one favorite thing to chase right now is those lake trout. Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to say Tulipy. (laughs) (laughs) Jason, I will agree with you. You went on our tuned up photo shoot a couple of two years ago. And I mean, you go up to Crawford's camp and it's like, I just remember the first night I got there and you you drive out and and you just look and it's just every corner is picturesque. Every corner is like, this is good fishable water. There's like, people don't realize you almost go overwhelming it's like oh my god i gotta try you know 953 spots in this square mile it's like yeah no Mm -hmm. it's just there's so much it's endless it's fun it's i mean and and those lake trout you know you got your vexlar or markham or whatever but you should have a vexlar and you (laughs) you you know you're ripping you're fishing 40 feet of water and you're jigging 10 feet off and you're just ripping all of a sudden you have a mark comes through the bottom and before you can even like, oh, there's a fish, get excited. That thing has screamed up 12 feet and just annihilated your bait. You know, there's just, they move so fast in the water column. It's, they're just so fun to watch. I mean, they don't even have to bite. When you get to play with them, you can chase them all the way up to the ice. You drop that lure and they chase that lure all the way back down to the bottom. You start, start the process back over again. They're just, they're up and down and they chase and they chase. And when you do hook one and you get a decent one, you're in for a fight. Oh, there, big time fight. There's, I caught my first Laker in Canada up there, and we were walleye fishing that night. And I, I mean, I caught one that was like, like six, seven pounds. For six, seven pounds, it's like, how in the world are you that strong? Like, mm-hmm. you, you're not, you're not that big, but they fight like crazy. And they, they're the way they, the head shakes are and the big burps that they do, and you get the bubbles come up through the ice. I mean, once you get the lake trout bug, you're you're basically screwed for life. I mean, that's all you want to fish. I mean, you'll you'll fish other stuff, but it, always in the back of your mind, you're like, God, I wish this was what we were fishing Lakers. Oh, it's uh, yeah, it's an addiction, and it's. I mean, I'm gonna get out and lake trout fish somewhere. I just I just have a sneaking suspicion that you know, lake trout opens in Minnesota this weekend. The inland trout stuff does, so you're. You know, you got the Ely area with Burnside and uh, a few of those lakes up in the Boundary Waters. You just, I, I have to imagine they're going to be busy as heck because there's guys like me that go to Canada multiple times a year, chase lake trout. We can't do that. So they got to go scratch that itch somewhere. 
and you got limited opportunities in the state of Minnesota, but that's, uh, I got to go do it somewhere, whether I go out to Superior, hook up with my buddy Tommy Hicks out there out of, out of Bayfield, or pray that the winter gets colder and they get ice out on Fort Peck and go go make that adventure. Yeah, I've heard Fort Peck has, uh, at this moment, has zero ice. I mean, it, that, or it's very, very minimal. Yeah, I don't it, think it, anybody's out there. On a, on a cold winter, it, I don't think it gets a ton of ice. Uh, I think I've had some, known several people that have gone out there in the winter, and it, you, typically they're not going out there till February. Is usually by the time they, they don't get ice till then. That's crazy. I mean, I don't know if I could handle a, a state that didn't get ice until February. I mean, I, I hope our ice sticks around well into you know late March, early April this year, just because we had kind of a little slower start. I don't know if Bemidji mm-hmm. had a pretty decent start to ice. Yeah, we get we had some ice early and. You know, well, red. I was up on red in November. Um, we're doing the walkout stuff. Um, the local lakes took a while, but we still have. There's still local lakes that I sure wouldn't uh, just go cruising across with my truck. No, no. I mean, I, I fish the Brainerd Lakes area a lot, and there are some real spooky lakes. Uh, yeah, we really there. haven't. We really haven't made any ice in two weeks. Most lakes are sitting. 12 to 14, which means there's probably spots with 11. Or you know, so or even thinner if you have, I mean, you guys have a lot of lakes with a little current and start yeah. to get some well, snow runoff if it's melting up yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah. been warm too. I mean. We un- we unfortunately lost a Bemidji resident uh, over the weekend. He uh, he went through on Lake Irvin, that, the small lake that's attached to Lake Bemidji there that the river runs through. Um, yeah, that's I crazy. Don't, I don't necessarily know for sure what happened, but it sounds like he hit some uh he hit some thin ice and it was dark and stuff happens. Yeah. You, know, you, you can't be you, too safe on ice. I mean, there's it's you gotta have a super people really need to respect ice. I mean it it's I, it is nothing to joke around with. I mean I had a yep. very terrifying experience in Ontario last year and fell through and I mean people you don't understand when you fall through. It is literally your entire life flashes before your eyes. I mean, and you you don't know what's going to happen. It's no, I'm, I'm no. I don't know if you've fallen through. I'm sure you, somehow you know someone uh, who has. I mean, it's just it's a matter of time for most of us. Right. Luckily, knock on wood, I, I've gone through oh a handful of times, and every time I fell through, it's in the spring trying to sneak out that one last time, and. You know, I've, I've never been over my head when I fell in, so mostly I just get really cold and then go home sopping wet. I mean, I've been lucky that way, but I'm also overly cautious. I'm not the guy that's going out on, heck, it's very seldom that I go out where I need a chisel. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let my buddies and other people go out, and they're like, oh, yeah, there's four or five inches. Okay, now I'll go out. I, I totally don't, agree. I, don't, I do not need to be the first person on the ice. Nope. I don't. I always tell people there's no 10-inch bluegill that's worth my life. No. No, a 70-inch laker I might. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no fish that's worth my life. I mean, no. And you have no. kids. You have the same probably yeah, thoughts exactly. that I do. It's like I don't, I don't want to. Uh, and my wife would be more mad than anything. My wife would probably come and kill me again. 20 years ago, this conversation would sound a lot different, right? 
Uh, yeah, I would be like, yeah, I'll go out. What do you, know, you want to go out on an inch? Let's go. Yeah. I, when I was a kid, when that one, that one winter we, we weren't getting ice and well, hell we, we had a boat out in December and fished. And then we finally got some ice and my buddy and I couldn't take it. So we, it wasn't enough ice to walk out. We took a canoe and sat in it and just used a chisel and, and whatever as like the oars. We had oars with in case we broke through, but that we slid out just far enough to get into deep, deep enough water and chopped a little hole and had fished out of that, that canoe on the ice. And it was not probably the safest thing. I was going to say, because if that ice breaks, you're probably not yeah. going to land perfect. You're going to be all over the board. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it might be hard to we, get back onto the ice too. Yeah. I mean, the, we were smart enough about it. I mean, we had life jackets with and we had the stuff, but we, uh, we also knew we were fishing a lake going to this spot because we knew we had 40 yards or whatever it was to get out to the water we wanted to fish. Would I do that again? No. No, that was 60 pounds ago. Now <laughs> well, COVID hasn't been friendly to the COVID-15 is what I call it. Yeah. It's almost yeah, going to be some- COVID-23 soon. <laughs> I'm, I'm somewhere in that range. I did I did make a New Year's resolution to try to eat healthier, and by golly, so far, so good. But I don't have I don't have a scale at home. I don't know if I've lost weight or not. I feel better. I feel better. Well, that's a good start. For sure. Oh, it's some it's something. It's sometimes just feeling better. I mean, this is I don't know. COVID's been weird for all of us, but just feeling better during these weird, unsettling times is sometimes that's all that the motivation that takes for eating yeah, a little I, healthier. I, yeah. Eating healthier and just getting more active. I fell into the trap and you know, sitting at home all day. It's like I don't even walk out to my truck to drive to an office, you know, I'm working from home. I I walk from the bedroom to my little workstation here in our kitchen and it's 30 feet. Yeah, that's some uh, days. Some days that's the, all the exercise I get. <laughs> you get, you get 60, 60 feet and a half flight of stairs. And yeah, that's, yeah, like a, that's like a, uh, a what a, a turtle <laughs> yeah. in hibernation. I'm still people managing are, to be late to work every now and again. It's amazing. People I, bragging about their 8,000 steps and well, I got 84 in yesterday. So take, <laughs> take that, bud. I'm going to double it and go 160 today. <laughs> yeah. I walked to the mailbox twice. Yeah. But that's that's the truth. I mean, and I think luckily for me, ice fishing, you know, I usually get 10,000 steps when I ice fish. And people mm-hmm. are like, you do? And I'm like, well, yeah, because I'm walking around <laughs> trying to check tip-ups. I'm walking around here. And I am I feel I burn a ton of calories ice fishing. And yeah. just trying to keep warm. Yeah, yep. that's part of it. For sure. Drill a few extra holes. Yeah, for sure. Burn but, some calories, yeah. But on that note, we should probably wrap it up and let you go to bed because otherwise you're going to fall asleep, fall asleep <laughs> on the podcast, and then we won't know what no. happened to you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We it's, really appreciate uh, you always, joining us. No, it, it's been a blast, guys. I, I was I've done a handful of these podcasts, and it, it, every time I do one, it astonishes me as how fast time goes. I'm sure you guys see it too. You're like, oh crap, we, we're we're an hour in. I, we're, we're it, that's what I, and I, even when I listen to them, I mean, it, it sounds weird, but I listen to them afterwards. People are like mm-hmm. you listen to yourself. I'm like I do, because you. Do, I don't remember everything that we talk about. It's not like it's fresh in my memory. It's like a conversation, but it's almost like I'm right. recording my shop conversations. That's yeah, what I feel like. That's what, that's <laughs> one of the reasons we started it. 
And we always joke that we should just turn a microphone on and all just sit around because we have some of the weirdest conversations at the shop. I mean, you put a bunch of oh, yeah. kids and middle-aged men together, <laughs> on, you know, I mean, between 18 and 35. Well, you have the middle-aged men who kind of get pumped up on testosterone and say, oh, I, I remember doing this stuff. And then you get the 17-year-old yeah. kid who was really hopped up on testosterone. <laughs> and it's like you get those two together and it's like, wow, this is... This is exactly. This is entertaining. This is this is entertaining. I mean, and that's why we did the podcast. Because and plus, it's a you know for me, it's a little bit of a legacy with my kids. They can hear my voice. They think it's cool. Heck yeah! Heck it is yeah. definitely fun to do. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks, Jason. I I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, yeah it's been great to talk me. to you. It's been awesome to talk to you. And uh, if anyone's looking to uh, to to get a hold of you, how do they go about doing that? Well. They can reach me at 218-766-7781. And there's, there's one I, – I want to make a tuned-up custom rods pitch. Oh, please, yes. It's just for John. Um, John and the boys have made the perfect eel pout rod in the new Vulcan. So mm. if you're looking to get a new eel pout rod – And where did you put yours in the lake, Jason, just so we all know? The uh, yeah. <laughs> I saw that episode. The, so. The rod was sad, John, but that was the first CI4 that I've ever purchased. <laughs> did you actually real- get to turn the handle or did you just spool it up? I, I cut one small pike on that rod and <laughs> reel combo. That's the worst. I never even, I never even got to eel pout fish with it. Uh, it's at the bottom of some lake in Bemidji. No, it's on the bottom of that Lake was- of the Woods, outside oh. of Arneson's. <laughs> attached. <laughs> Probably attached to a 20-pound pike that I didn't get to catch, too. <laughs> and it's now cruising around with that rod, and it's like, why is it, you know, this Vulcan keeps getting hooked on stuff. Yeah, so if any any listeners catch a red tuned-up custom rod that says Burbit Banger with a <laughs> CI4 attached, that's mine. I'll pay a hefty reward for that. It'll probably be Nicole Stone. Yeah. That's how she got her first tuned-up rod catching up. That's, that's awesome. Uh, that's hilarious. Tying the boys... Ty and the boys and Nick over at the Angling Buzz were, uh, they felt bad for me, but there was a lot of laughs and you have no idea how many times we watched that footage in the cabin that night. And every <laughs> single time we laughed. I laughed. I laughed so myself. Hard. Yeah, I definitely I mean, laughed. I just, I'm like, I, I feel so bad, but it's just, it's, that's just, it's just comical. No, you sent me another. You sent me another one, John, and I appreciate it. (laughs) I I had to because it was almost. It's just. It's one of those things. It's like I I felt just terrible because it's like oh you buy your first CI four. It's almost like I bought my first you know truck or something like that, and (laughs) it was just like why did this have to happen? (laughs) Oh well, lesson lesson learned. Yeah. Well, thank you again for being on tonight, Jason. We really appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys all back for another episode of The Iceman coming at you guys next week. Have a wonderful night. 